You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Two, and we're going to read the first five verses together. And so I'll start on verse one. Join me on verse two, and we'll read down through verse number five. Uh, the Bible says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent." Here we have the Lord himself, and he is giving instruction to the Apostle John. And John is, is penning this, this book. And as he is doing so, we see some insight and some uh, direction and some correction for these seven churches that are in Asia Minor. And as we look into this passage and we look at this wonderful church in Ephesus, we can see some things that they did to challenge us to do likewise, but we can also find some things that they did that should challenge us to repent and to change some things. And so tonight, may the Spirit of God just help all of us as we look into His Word. May it not just be a time of academic learning, but may it be a time of application of the Spirit's uh, Spirit of God's Word into our lives and our church. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless now this time, this group of people. Lord, I love these people, the church that is assembled here, those that are uh, in person, those that are online. Uh, we pray, God, that you would just help us to be who you'd want us to be. And we think about uh, this uh, passage of Scripture and the, uh, the instruction that we can glean. I pray that you would help us. Grow us tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Now, as we look at this, uh, the seven churches in Asia Minor, uh, these seven churches that are listed out in chapter number two, uh, there's a segment for each one of these churches. And, and as this, uh, this uh, passage is given, uh, it is not just for these churches. God wouldn't have put it in the Word just for them. These things are written for our end samples. These things were given to us, uh, and God has preserved them uh, so we could have these truths and apply them in our lives. And so I pray that that will be the case tonight. When we look at uh, this church, uh, the church of Ephesus, this first church, we find a church that was blessed beyond measure. You, you think about this church, this church had the Apostle Paul as an instructor in that church. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Paul being 
one of the men to preach and teach. I mean, someone that can open up the Word of God and just exhort out of the Word of God in an amazing way. And, and I'm challenged by, uh, by Paul's uh, teachings and by the, uh, the life that he has lived. But, uh, but here, Paul was one of the elders at the church in Ephesus. He left Timothy here at Ephesus to pastor this church. And then we find also that the Apostle John was in this church. And so this church was a church that had a lot going for it. They had, they had so much that, uh, that could be a benefit to them because of the leadership uh, that they had. And so this was, this was a great church. This was a church that had been given much. And with that, to whom much is given, of whom shall much be required. And the more we are given, the more uh, responsibility we have. The standard is higher. The more knowledge, the more uh, that we have been given, then we are going to be held accountable for that. We should have uh, with that, that uh, the giftings and the blessings, there's also responsibility that comes along with it uh, to do something with that. But this great church was a church in jeopardy. This great church that had such a heritage was now in jeopardy of losing its right to be a church. And so let's back up as we look here uh, to verse number 20 of chapter number 1. I want to just uh, bring us together just so everybody understands where we're at. Revelations chapter 1, look at verse 20. The Bible says, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven uh, candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. So here we have a mystery, and, and the Lord uh, gave this mystery. It was symbolic, and now he is going to, uh, he's going to uncover what some of this mystery was. Uh, uh, the stars, the seven stars, uh, the seven golden candlesticks. Now he's going to reveal what those, what those, uh, that mystery was, and he makes it very clear uh, with that uh, in Revelations chapter number two. It says, "Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus." Right, these things uh, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So when we look at this, uh, this symbolism, we see that this angel uh, is the exact same. The word angel there is the word messenger. And the, the star was the angel. And so here we find that uh, he's talking about uh, the seven stars. Stars. These are the seven angels of the churches. These are the pastors, if you would. These are the elders of these seven churches. So he is directing uh, and going straight to the leadership. And you know what? God always goes to the leadership. He holds leadership accountable. Uh, moms, dads, that goes into the home as well. Uh, God holds the leadership responsible for what takes place within the home. Uh, and so here as we look at this, 
he's talking to the churches, and the first person that he's talking to is, is the elder, the pastor, if you would. Uh, and so these, these were the ones that are uh, first and foremost having to give the account. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we've got a lot of verses to get through tonight, so uh, it might be like uh, chapel when we have uh, sword drills. Uh, so anyway, if you're able to, to keep up, that's great. If not, you might want to just get a uh, pad of paper just to jot down scriptures that you can come back to. But uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And so uh, we have to realize that, that God has given uh, the churches the pastors. Now, I'm not saying that to prop myself up, but the pastors, God is the one that gives to the churches the leadership that is there. And, and here, with that, he gave. He is the one that gives uh, the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And so the Lord is the one that gives them. Uh, you didn't know that I was a gift, did you? Uh, and so uh, some, some gifts you want to take back, don't you? Uh, sort of like after Christmas, the big line uh, that's there in the stores for uh, people that are taking gifts back and, hey, just give me the cash. I don't want this gift. Uh, and so uh, here, but, but God looks at the pastors and he said, listen, I've given to the churches uh, the pastors, uh, the ministers, if you would. And so uh, he has given them to the churches. So the church is the candlestick. The stars or the, the angels were the messengers. They were the pastors. And so he's, he's directing uh, this instruction to them. And he said, unto the angel of the church, in verse number one again, uh, of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. So I want you to see seven Several things about this uh, this church here in Ephesus. First of all, I want you to see number one the approval, the approval. The Lord is is going to he's going to show and he reveals some things about this church that was value that were valuable. These were these were the things that the the church had done right. You know what? There are always some things that are right. You know what? Everything isn't wrong. And even in our own lives, when we, we look at it, and we might see some chaos and there might be some problems. There's always something good. There's always something good. And, you know, here the Lord, he's looking at this church. Now, he's going to nail them in a little bit. He's, he's going to call them on the carpet for some things, but before he does, he is, he is commending them. There was some approval of some things about this church. Now, what was he approving? First of all, he's approving this church because they were a serving church. They were a serving church, and they were busy uh, for the Lord. And you know, that is not a negative. That is a good thing. It was commended by the Lord. You know, that, what does that tell us? That tells us that the uh, Lord wants us to be serving church. 
He is, he is approving some things here. And, and sometimes, and, and I've heard it, I've heard it, uh, uh, multiple different people, you know, uh, just sometimes we, we get tired in the service of the Lord, don't we? And it's like, man, we're just so busy. But the, but the reality is, that's something that the Lord is commending. There are a lot of churches that wish something was going on. There are a lot of churches that would love to have some, some, some ministries going on. They would love to have a big day. They would love to have an opportunity to be able to do something uh, for the Lord. But they are, they are not at a place, or maybe they're not in a church that is serving. And this church at Ephesus, it was a serving church. Uh, but it wasn't just a serving church, it was a sacrificial church. Now, it says in verse number two, he says, I know thy works and thy labor. Now, the word labor there, uh, it's a word, and, and it means to be weary as though you have been beaten. Now, that's, that's not something that I look forward to. <laughs> uh, being beaten isn't something that I, that I would want to have, but... But what, he is, what he's talking about, he's not saying that we have to be beaten. What he's saying is there is a weariness. There is a very uh, real uh, weariness. Uh, it is the exertion or trouble uh, that, that causes this state of weariness. Just carrying the load. Uh, this, this church was a, a, a church that was serving. They were laboring. Uh, they, were, uh, they had taken on this labor. Uh, the word... Uh, it is, uh, uh, it is the, the word for a physical tiredness uh, from a great amount of work or exertion. And so here the Lord is commending this church. There is an approval uh, because they were serving. There was an approval because uh, they were laboring. There was an approval uh, with that because they were steadfast. They were steadfast. Now, the word steadfast, we look at here, he says, I know thy labor and thy patience. The word patience is, is the word that we would get steadfast. It's endurance under trial. It is when the pressures come, you endure. And here, this church they had endured trials. They had endured persecution, yet they stood. And so, uh, so this was a church, they were steadfast. This was a church that was not just steadfast, this was a church that was separated. They were separated. Now, uh, 2 John chapter number 7, 2 John, or 2 John verse 7, uh, they were separated and there were many things that they were separated from. First of all, they were separated from false doctrine. False doctrine. Now, uh, here, Second uh, John seven or Second John, verse number seven through eleven, and and follow along with me here, and, and listen to what he is saying. He said, "For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh." This is a deceiver and antichrist. Look to yourselves 
that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. You cannot reject Christ and the deity of Christ and have a relationship with the Father. You can't deny the Son and have a relationship with the Father. And that is what John is telling them. That is, here, this, this church had endured. Uh, this church had, had, uh, uh, had long-suffering and they were patients. And they, they, they were a church that ha- had, uh, uh, had been separated from false doctrine. And the doctrines that deny the deity of Christ are doctrines that God says are anti-Christ. They are false doctrines. Now, there are good people in bad places. There are good people that are in places that do not teach and follow what the Word of God says. And the, they are not the enemy. But the Lord tells us that we need to be mindful of false teachers, false doctrine. And you can't know what false doctrine is if you don't know what true doctrine is. And that's where uh, we, we have to make sure that we are knowing what God is saying. So false doctrine. They were separated from false doctrine. Uh, and, and here, uh, go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Acts 20 and verse 28. And we'll look here at several verses. Acts 20, 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. What do we find here? We find the Apostle Paul again is just giving that warning. Why is he giving warning? Because there were wolves that were going to come in. Uh, They were not going to spare the sheep. And the Lord used the the analogy of uh, of a ravening wolf and a sheep. The church is the uh, the believers are sheep, and the the enemy, the false teachers, the false doctrine that is the wolf, and they will destroy. and And here the Lord has given that instruction that we need to make sure that we are aware of these false teachers, and we are to warn. Uh, the instruction was given to the pastors uh, to warn the flock. Why? So they would not be destroyed by the wolves. So they would not be, uh, they would not be t- uh, taken away uh, and follow the false teachers. Go to John, 1 John, 1 John. Lots of Bible tonight. 
And I do plan on getting to point number three, but we got about 30 more verses to go to. Uh, so, uh, First John, First, Second, Third John, Jude, Revelation, First John, Chapter Four, First John, Chapter Four, and Verse Number One, First John Four One. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world." Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, so here there is uh, an, another comparison. There is another warning of the false teachers, uh, of the false doctrines. And, and Satan is not just a liar. He is a counterfeiter. He is going to put something out that appears like it is good in order to deceive people to take a hold of something that's not real. Years ago, I was back at the bank, uh, or in the bank, and made a deposit, and the teller was sitting there running through the deposit and taking the cash, and, and she was running through the, the cash, and uh, all of a sudden, she grabs one bill and throws it out, counterfeit. I said, what? And I grabbed the bill, and I pulled it out, and I'm looking at it, and she finished. She said, oh yeah, that's counterfeit. And there was, a, there was a stack of bills, and it was a, a church deposit, and I had dropped it off. And so she's going through that thing, and she knew exactly what was counterfeit. And as soon as uh, she finished, she grabbed it, pulled it up, grabbed another bill, and, and she held it up so I could see uh, there was a difference in the paper. There was a little bit difference in the, the weight of the paper. Uh, and here, just by handling the real stuff, as soon as her fingers touched the false counterfeit, she knew something was wrong. You know what? That's how we ought to be with the truth. We, we may not know chapter and verse exactly why something is wrong, but when something comes up that is not truth, we sh there should be some flags going off. Say, hey, something's wrong with that. I'm not quite sure. Let me get into my Bible and find out. Uh, maybe uh, I'm missing something, but something just isn't right. And the devil is a counterfeiter. 2 Corinthians, I'm not going to give you time to get there, so just watch the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, uh, would to God that you could bear me or with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his sub subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, 
whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Skip down to verse number uh, 12. But what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, and that wherein they glory they may be found even as we are. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. What do we find here? We find that uh, the apostle was telling us that there were other Christ's. You know, there are religions that are going to put out, oh yeah, Christ existed, but he is not God. That's anti-Christ. That is a false doctrine. That is a false teacher. And that is where we are to be uh, aware of that. But, but this church was a separated church. They were separated from false doctrines. They were also separated from false deeds. Back to Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 6. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, the word Nicolaitan, it means to conquer the people. And what many, many scholars believe is that uh, here uh, they were promoting a, a teaching and they were, they were separating the clergy from the laity. They were elevating the, the, uh, the, the, the church uh, staff or the leadership over the top of the, uh, of the people. Let me tell you, there's no difference between you and me. There is none. Uh, why? We are all priests. If you are saved, uh, you, there is one mediator between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, so here, uh, we, are, we are as leadership. We're not to be lords over God's heritage. And, and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, uh, they, were, they were separating uh, the, uh, uh, the clergy from the people, but they were also teaching how to get around the, the truth. They were trying to teach how to get around having to follow the guidance of the Word of God. Uh, and so uh, th- that was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. First uh, Peter 5.3 says, Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in, in samples to the flock. And so uh, there, there's no difference between the, uh, the church uh, leadership or the people. First uh, Peter 2, 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that is not just the, uh, the pastors, that is every one of us as believers. Uh, we are to just uh, show the goodness of God. And so uh, there's no difference, and there's multiple different scriptures. I'm going to have to skip some for time's sake. Uh, but this church was also a suffering church. Uh, they were a suffering church. And these Ephesians uh, that were there in chapter number two of, of Revelation, uh, they patiently bore the burdens 
of serving the Lord. Uh, They toiled without uh, fainting, and they did all of this for his name's sake. For his name's sake. You know, it's important that we serve the Lord for the Lord's sake. It's not about us. It's about him. So we see that this was an amazing church. There was a lot of things that they were doing right. Uh, and so they were standing for truth. So there was the, uh, the uh, accommodation uh, here uh, that uh, the, they were given, that approval. Uh, but secondly, I want you to see there was not just the approval. Uh, secondly, there was an accusation. Now the Lord is going to address uh, something that was wrong. Go back to Revelation 2.4. Revelation 2, 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. There were all these things that were good, but... Have you ever been the object of the nevertheless... Or somebody says something good, but I say, like, oh no, here it comes. What's, what's wrong? There was, there was all this good stuff, but. Now, that nevertheless pretty much wipes out everything that went before it, doesn't it? Now, We know that it was all still good things, but if I do something good and then if I do something nice and uh, for my wife and she's happy and then she said, well, that was nice, but okay, that was not worthwhile (laughs) because whatever comes next is undermining all the good. Now, Here, that's what the Lord's saying. He says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Now stop and think about that thought. When the Lord looks at his church, and when we talk about a church, we're not talking about a building, we're talking about the people. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. That is a a very major accusation here. I mean, when he says, I've got some, there's something wrong. And this accusation, he said, is because thou hast left thy first love. Now, the word left here is the word aphemi. It's only used four times in the, in the Bible. And, and I want you to sort of grasp the, the importance of this word when he said left. Go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. We're not going to finish chapter 2. Or Ephesians. Uh, the church of Ephesus here. Uh, here, he said, uh, uh, go to Mark chapter 7. He says, for laying aside the command... Or, I'm sorry, Mark 7 verse 8. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. The laying aside there is a femi. It is leaving. You 
left something. What did they leave? They left aside the commandment of God. Now, the word ephemi, uh, it is to abandon. It's a cognitive, understood, where it was a definitive decision. I understand what is going on, and I am abandoning something. And here, the, the word ephemi, he is saying, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. You have cognitively made a decision to abandon your first love. So here we see that word in Mark 7. Uh, Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We'll find that word ephemi again, uh, the Greek word. And Romans chapter 1, verse 27. Now, The choice of words in the passage of Scripture here is amazing. Romans 1.27 And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error that was meat. You know what God's saying? God is using that same word to abandon. He is using that same word for a man who is going to leave the natural relationship uh, of a woman to have an unnatural relationship with a man. And that's the same word that he uses uh, to describe uh, the cognitive decision And it is a choice. Nobody was born that way. It's cognitive. God made them male and female. There are no other genders. There are choices. And the Ephemi having left and leaving. And so here, uh, God uses that word, leaving the natural use of the woman. It was a choice. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse number 1, Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. And, and, and here, uh, here there's that same term, the leaving, that cognitive decision. And then the fourth time that it's used is there in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 4. So this accusation is a powerful accusation. It's a serious accusation. And he said, you have left, you have abandoned, you have forsaken what? They have forsaken their first love. Their first love. Now, their first love. The word first there is the word primary. It's, It's not first as in numerical. It's first as in important, priority. You've left the, the most important. Uh, he said here that they had left the, uh, the primary love that was to precede every other love. 
and, and here. Uh, that preceding love, they have left that first love. And so here uh, we have to recognize this accusation. First of all, they had loved because they can't love and then leave without leaving, or they can't leave their first love without having love. So first they were loving, and then they were, uh, they were uh, laboring, but then they left. And so we find this, uh, this uh, process that was there. Now in John chapter 21, and we're going we're gonna to have to deal with this next week, but in John chapter 21, after the Lord had uh, been crucified, the disciples said, Peter said, I go a fishing. And when he said, I go a fishing, the other disciples said, we also go with thee. You know, you, can, you never quit without taking somebody with you. It's so detrimental when we make a decision to leave, when we make a decision to change direction, going the wrong way. Peter made a decision to go back to the old life. Not necessarily sinfulness, but he was going back to his previous profession. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And God wasn't saying, uh, when Peter said, I'm going fishing, he was saying, I'm leaving ministry and I'm going back to uh, another, uh, I'm going back to uh, the, the, the workforce, I'm going back into, uh, or I'm going back into the sec- a secular vocation. And, and, and here, as Peter was making that decision, he took other people with him. And when the Lord appears, he comes back and he deals with, with this issue of love. It always comes down to love. And our actions of love will keep us where we're not where we are supposed to be and when our love is not right will also preempt us not being where we should be. And here this church in Ephesus they find themselves under the, the accusation of the Lord, you have left your first love. And next week, we'll look at what that first love is. But here, let me just ask you tonight, how's your love for the Savior? You say, well, pastor, I'm in church. That's not what I asked you. I didn't ask you how you loved your church, though you should. But this church was a busy church. This was an active church. This was a laboring church. This was a sacrificial church. They were doing a lot of good things. But the Lord said, I have somewhat against thee. You've left your first love. And we can be where we're supposed to be and everybody can think that everything is good. But the Lord sees in a way that we do not see. And here he brings it all down, puts it on the bottom shelf. And he says it's a love issue. And it, what he had against this church wasn't that they were lazy, wasn't that they were apathetic, wasn't that they were selfish. They just didn't have their love life right with the Savior.
And may each of us just stop and think, where am I at? Not what am I doing, but where's my love at? How do I love the Lord? Or am I just like these people in Ephesus that got called on the carpet because they had left their first love? Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, you know uh, the, the need of the hour. God, we, we need your guidance. We need your touch. And our lives, Lord, this nation, it needs churches. It needs believers to be the light that, that we are to be. But Lord, without a sincere love for you, all of the activity is for naught. And so I pray that you'd help us in our own lives. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, heads bowed, eyes closed. We're not going to have an invitation to come tonight, but maybe right where you're at. Ask yourself, how's, how's my love for the Savior doing? Are there some areas where he's already put his finger on in my life? And let's just take a little moment and talk to the Lord. Where are we? I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. As the instruments play, if the Lord spoke to your heart, let's just do some business with God. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.